I think there's a lot we've lost in this process of being more productive, right? And so people are always, like I said, the number one excuse people have for not working out and not meditating is they don't have time. My first time responding, every time I respond, I was like, show me your social media app, how much time you've spent on them today. Guarantee you've got 20 minutes right there. Almost everyone listening to this has spent 20 minutes on their phone today looking at something. Cut that out, you got time. So it's like no longer an excuse. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Ancient Health Podcast. My name is Courtney Bursich. I am your host. And today our guest is Todd McCullough. He is the founder of TMAC Fitness and the Mind Right Meditation. He also hails from Nashville, Tennessee, our stomping grounds, not mine personally, but <laughs> most of our team. So that's pretty cool. But I'm excited to bring him on today to really talk not only about fitness, because Todd has a lot of depth in his story, but also what he's been able to pull from his story and connect to real life. And we're going to dive into what that looks like and what the connection between meditation, mindset, finding your purpose, what all of these things can kind of encapsulate together and how it can actually influence the physiologic expression of your health. And I think that that's something that gets overlooked a lot of times because we do compartmentalize a lot of the different parts of our health, whether it's just mindset or it's just spiritual. And if we're missing one area, we kind of deem that as being something that's lacking. But I love what Todd really preaches, and I'm excited to unpack how he landed where he has because of his own personal experience. And I think that's probably what's given him the fuel and the drive to create and to run with his mission. So welcome to the show, Todd. It's so exciting to have you here today. Courtney, that was the best damn intro I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. You know, that it's was amazing. That was amazing. Practice. Yeah. Good Lord. It's like, I need to step up my game now. I wasn't ready for that. You know, sometimes you're on it and sometimes <laughs> it's, it's a little more shaky. So we pulled the audience on, on, on my intros. This one was probably one of the better ones, but I yeah, definitely I'm give glad it a that tip. you appreciate it. I definitely it. give it a tip. <laughs> Oh, well, we're excited to have you. You know, you've contributed with our, our Health Institute and kind of collaborated in some ways to really expose the work that you're doing. And I want to go ahead and preface this interview because I don't want for anyone to just think, oh, this is a fitness expert. Because the more I've gotten to learn about what you're doing and really what has led you to build out the programs that you have and serve the people that follow you, it's so much more than that. You've had a spiritual journey. You've had a mental journey. And I'd love to allow that to be the starting point and really bring us to what has, what's been kind of the pivotal moment for you where you realized, hey, fitness is my passion. You've got a, a, a background, a large background in athletics. you know. So that has served an area of your life. But at what point were you like, there's something missing and I feel like I need to explore this further and really cultivate what that looks like for me as a person. Yeah, it's a great question. And there's, there's a lot of ways we could go with that. Um, you know, it's just interesting. I remember I've been, I was personal training probably 12 years ago. I started my business in LA, just from literally handing out flyers. And it started with that. And I started producing this content, uh, these 20 minute workouts for my clients when they couldn't train with me, because obviously the number one excuse people have all the time is I don't have time to work out. And as I was producing these and making these videos just for free on YouTube at the time, I was asking someone that's you know, really respecting the fitness and wellness industry. And I was like, hey, it's like, I really don't have a desire just to create workouts with just burpees. And like I said, I want to incorporate a spiritual component of it. Like I connect to God each day. And they're like, do not do that. Like there's a reason why fitness and faith are separate. Don't do that. And I was like, to be honest, I just don't have a desire to do anything that just 
I, I saw clients, I trained a lot of very successful people in LA, a lot of great people, but ultimately, like all of us, we were searching for something more than just the fitness. Typically, you go to a, hire a trainer, you maybe you're coming from a divorce, you're unhappy in a marriage. Sometimes it's improved just your overall health, which is a great thing, right? But you're ultimately, we're all seeking some sort of deeper connection. And I think that's a void that's there intentionally planted for God, right? And it's by no means like I grew up in the Christian faith, came to know Christ at 12, and that radically changed my life. But I by no means try to tell people what to believe. I simply just wanted to create a tool every day for people to move their bodies, which is the 20-minute workout, and connect to their spiritual practice. And I always say we create a space. We've got people that are Christian, Muslim, Jewish, agnostic. I think that's beautiful. Everyone comes in the morning, moves their body, connects their spiritual practice. It makes them a better father, a better wife, more productive at work. And that's just kind of the why behind the work we do. But it's essentially, if you look back at my life and a little reflection, I spent the majority, the first half of my life dedicated to football and my faith, right? Like I didn't grow up in a Christian home or anything like that, but followed a hot girl I had a crush on in middle school to some sort of uh, water park thing, which ended up being put on by the church, which was a great way to trick all of us young kids to get to know <laughs> God, I guess. Felt like a direct connection to Jesus Christ. And that totally changed my life. Picked up the Bible, like read it cover to cover, would have someone drop me off at church in the morning on Sundays. Like I said, my family, good folks, but we didn't grow up in a church environment. And that you know, that dedication, I would say, to football and God was like the first half of my life. I was fortunate to go play football at the University of Florida, which was like a childhood dream. And that was amazing. And then that second half of life, I went and started going through these trials and tribulations, right? I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do past playing football at Florida. I was working as a financial advisor at Merrill Lynch. And just remember, got out of like a long relationship for a girl I dated about five years. We probably thought we'd get married, didn't work out. And I remember going into the office on a Saturday, looking around at Merrill Lynch and being the only one in the office. I'm like, well, I don't mind working. I never knew, I, I never I always worked on a Saturday. I didn't know what it was like to have like a Saturday off, but I was like, I knew it had to be something I was passionate about. And then I also remember being out at dinner, you know, all the mutual fund people, funds would take you out to dinner to try to get you to buy their mutual funds and you'd have the scotch and the nice steaks. And I just remember looking around and people were happy and I was just like, this is just not me. I don't know what, what me is, but this is not it. And then that led to me getting transferred out to LA. The stock market crashes in 08. And I, started, I took all my suits to Goodwill and just started a personal training business. It started to feel alive again for the first time since playing sports. And then I'd had um, you know, roughly five surgeries from football. And so I couldn't lift anymore like I used to. Found a yoga teacher out there again by accident, following another hot girl to a <laughs> yoga class in some Lululemon shorts. And uh, I think God knows how to talk to me. And that felt amazing. It was the first time I felt my body, my spine felt great, my hips, my shoulders. And that was my journey into yoga and was able to merge those. I was fascinated how I could merge those worlds of athletic training and yoga. And that developed into this 20 minute home workout routine that ends in a meditation stretch. So long story short, there's about the last 12, I guess you say 27 years of my life. Yeah. I I love hearing, get it just gives some context, you know, around who you are as a person and how you've been able to navigate just different different pivots in life because we all have them and i would love for you to even give us direction on you know talking about fitness because a lot of our audience and listeners you know they're very health conscious and most people i would i would venture to say that most of of our listeners probably are on the spectrum of maybe overdoing it like they're, they're, they're the people that show up, you know, they're listening to the podcast. They're, 
getting the books and they're taking the courses and they're showing up at the classes. But I think that something can be lost once we start almost getting addicted a little bit. Like it's, it's almost like, okay, well, we've worked this hard. We don't want to lose it. It's like a fear of losing something that we've worked so hard for. And so then we mentally disconnect from the practice and then it becomes something that's just on our calendar. And it's like, no, we just show up like that's we're consistent. You know, we don't fail. And I could very much just be describing my own mentality, but I think that that it applies to so many people because that's, that's the culture. That's what we live in. It's, it's more and more and more. And the more that we do, the more value we tack to that. So the more we feel you know, okay, well, I have purpose. I have value. This is, Mm -hmm. you know, this is something that other people will appreciate about me. If I'm not doing these things, then I don't feel worthy. So can you maybe even connect like where you think the fitness industry and some of like the mindset component, I think that there's just, there's, it's so fragmented and we're so busy and distracted that a lot of times we're going through motions and we're not really gaining what we feel like we're gaining. We're kind of just dragging our bodies through a process. How do you know, or how can you change that perspective where the fitness element is equally as beneficial on a physiologic aspect as it is for your mental health? But it's not like, I just feel good because I beat my body up. And so now I feel like I can eat food the rest of the day. But one thing I think is important to acknowledge that everyone is on different places in their wellness journey, right? Like I went to yoga because my body, like I I had a crush on a girl, my body was hurting because I couldn't lift weights. I didn't do yoga because I wanted to do yoga. My body was hurting, right? Now, all these years later, honestly, Courtney, I work out just to go deeper in my connection with God. Like that's kind of why I work out because I know that if I move my body, connect my spiritual practice every day. I can show up best for those I love and serve at a higher level. And what I found for me is like, if you shake up the sit, like imagine a kid with a tincture tantrum. If you shake things up, it's easier to dive in to the meditation as opposed to just waking up, floating on a cloud, like your mind's racing everywhere. So for me, going back, I think the question to ask everyone is why are you doing this? For some people, it's to lose 15 pounds and that's fine. There is nothing wrong with that. You'll see the majority of the fitness industry, ourselves included, we advertise to help you lose weight. That's typically the beginning part of someone's fitness and wellness journey. Now, for them to transition to a lifestyle practice, they have to make this mental switch on a deeper why beyond the 15 pounds. Because what happens after the 15 pounds, right? Then you're punishing yourself just to try to keep those 15 pounds off. But if you can transition that working out fitness, I really don't give a damn what it is. If it's swimming, doing one of our workouts, a trail run, I really don't care. If you're moving your body and you're understanding and making that connection that it makes you a better mother, a better father, that's a deep sense of, of purpose in that. And then you'll find that working out is actually uplifting to you and not some sort of chore that you have to check off. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes great sense. I, I'm curious, you know, in the just the analogy, because I can really relate to this you know, sometimes meditation is a hard practice for people to not only really understand, because it's kind of this Mm -hmm. like elusive, like, okay, am I just like sitting there? Is it supposed to be a certain length of time? Am I supposed to be thinking? Or is it like, I'm not supposed to be thinking? (laughs) Then you're trying not to think, but then, you know, it's like, it's, it can be a very hard practice to just like cold Turkey, like, okay, I'm diving all in. Like, I'm just going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to try to figure this thing out. But when you talk about like that picture, 
which I think is so it's, it's valuable. Um, if you, you know, envision like a child, that's just, it's like, they have this energy in their body that they just, it's like, they don't even have the maturity to know how to express it. So it comes out a lot of times looking like frustration, but in an adult form, sometimes we do that in the gym. It's like, I can't talk to you until I get in there and I could sling some weights around. And then all of a sudden like, Oh, I can, I can interact. I can have conversation all day. So adding the meditation component at the end of a workout, is that intentional because now we're, we're more relaxed. We're in a more, you know, you talk about shocking the system a little bit. Is that kind of explain or unpack really how that mechanism, you know, really works? Yeah. Yeah, So think about going back to my early pre-yoga days, pre this whole platform was I'd wake up in the morning I'd get down on my knees and God be with me today, be with my family, like kind of half awake, right? And good intentions, but I was kind of half-assing it, to be honest. I wasn't fully present. And then what I found that, again, if you can create this energy, it could be, like I said, a cold ocean swim. It could be a 15-minute yoga practice. If you can create some sort of energy, then it's easier for the mind to settle and then to dive into the meditation. And I think that the biggest, well, I had a friend say this, right? Is that when you're praying, you're talking to God. And when you're meditating, you're creating the space for God, right? Psalms, our, our, the meditation was inspired by Psalms 46.10. It says, be still and know that I am God. And what I found is just that the meditation, the movement first, allows us to create that space for that spiritual connection every day. And I think what's important is we've always got this idea that they're separate, right? So Someone may do a 20-minute TM meditation, but then they don't have time to get in their workout because they got to get the kids a soccer practice. Or maybe they do the workout and then they don't have time for the meditation. I didn't know that we were doing this at the time, but James Clear has a book uh, called Atomic Habits. And it's called Habit Stacking. Come to find out that's what we were doing. It's essentially, we, we do the quick workout and we just stack just roughly four or five-minute meditation at most at the end of it. And what I found is that the mind is just like any other muscle. Like If you want to train your glutes, you have to consistently train them for it to grow. It's better to do a couple minutes of our mind right meditation each day than once a week, twice a week of a 20-minute meditation. And so just the consistency of that and stacking it already on a good habit. So we have people that don't do our workouts that go to CrossFit gyms that do my mind right meditation at a CrossFit gym. I think it's phenomenal, right? Just figure out a way you like to move, keep doing what you're doing right now, and then just take this meditation and add it on and just see how it goes for a week. Yeah, I, I love that because it, it really does make it more accessible. It's, it, it kind of takes the intimidation of, oh, I got to start something that I have no idea or experience doing. And, and I just don't, it just doesn't feel comfortable because I I don't have, there's no familiarity with it. So I love that you're tacking it on to something that, you know, is already a part of your process. It's a part of what you're doing. It's what feels familiar. It's what feels like it's your normal. So and, what? And, so, oh, and, I, and I think what's helpful to people too, that are particularly new to meditating is we guide them through it, right? So there's four parts. I'll run through them real quick. The first part is just a moment of gratitude, right? You get a chance to move your body, roof over your head, food to eat, whatever it may be, just making it personal. The second is lifting up a loved one. Imagine a glowing light hovering over them. Like you're, like you're, you said before we recorded, you said your kids, right? Are at camp today, like pouring blessings upon them, seeing a glowing light hovering over that loved one. The third part is visualizing success today. What does it look like? More importantly, what does it feel like? Have that moment now. This is something that all elite athletes do. And I think we can do every day uh, from the entrepreneur space as well. And finally, it's just that being present, being still, listen to the rise and the fall of the breath, the sounds around you. Just be, again, which was inspired by Psalms 4610. 
And so I think guiding people through that and creating that space, obviously we go a little slower. It allows people to go through that journey. And then by when they're finally into that fourth and final phase, the body just relaxes. Like if you saw a video of people, when they do this, you just see their shoulders go, just relax. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing to see. I feel relaxed just, <laughs> you, you just describing it. <laughs> so, I mean, I, that's, that's definitely a positive. But it's totally doable. It's something you can do every day. It takes just a couple of minutes. Like I said, we don't time it. You just kind of go through it at your own pace. I, I would, you know, venture to say too, that if getting in this practice, because I, I like the visualization component, the gratitude component, especially like you've, you've mentioned time of day, doing this in the morning. So we're kind yep. of assuming most people are doing it in the morning. Is that, I mean, I would like to think, you know, setting your day up for success, doing yep. those things in the early part of the day makes sense because it's taking your mind from probably where it's bent, what it's, it's, you know, sinful nature is going to think you're going to wake up and not just jump out of bed and be you know, prone to think, I am full of the spirit and yeah. life and joy to give to the world. And I, you know, I, I'm more than called, equipped and empowered to do great things. Like most of the time we get up and we're like, oh, yeah, I'm I sure as hell so not. I sure as hell don't wake up like that. Right. <laughs> so, it, <it's, laughs> always yeah, don't talk to me too after I've worked out and meditated. Uh, so it's interesting. We run these challenges, right? And we have them do a daily mind, right? Challenge. And you would think the hardest thing for during the challenge is maybe the workouts. Maybe it's the meal plan. You know what it typically is? For the first hour of the day, we don't let them look at their phone. So they have to move their body and connect to their spiritual practice before they look at their phone. And what that does is when you, you have a choice each morning, that's why I say the morning is to either program your, your whole day for stress and anxiety or positivity. And that's your choice, right? Literally all I'm asking is wake up 20 minutes earlier to do our stuff. Again, it doesn't have to be the hard ones. We have beginner videos, we have yoga videos, but set yourself up in a positive mindset so you're not reacting to everything. Stress is going to come. Ops, things are going to happen today that you didn't plan, that you don't, we'd rather not happen, but you can choose that response, right? And what I've learned through this mind right meditation is that what it does, is it lengthens the gap between stimulus and response. What I mean by that is like, let's say we wake up every morning, we just look at our phones, we're looking at Instagram, we're checking work emails in bed. You're already in this stimulus mode, right? You haven't prepared yourself for that moment. And we're just reacting on our own emotions, right? Without even thinking. Right? It doesn't make us a bad person, but we're just re- imagine someone beeps the horn at you, you flip them off, F you. That's the initial thing that comes to mind to me, right? But when you create this gap, right, and you can lengthen the gap between stimulus and response, it allows you to step back into the body and be like, oh, that person beeping the horn. This is no threat to me right now. They're probably having a bad day. God bless. Wish you, wish you well. And it's done. You've left it. It's done, and you're back to now being productive. It's gone. But that doesn't happen by accident. You have to train the mind for that moment. And that's why I always say owning the morning, own your day. If you wait for later on the day, too many things are going to get thrown your way. Yeah. you. I mean, that's a great point. I mean, and I think we all know this. I mean, we inherently know, like if you don't start creating that narrative of your day, like every one of the circumstances that you face are going to start shaping the way that the, really the direction that your day goes and how you respond you're always leading in the strongest direction of your thoughts. So if you aren't controlling the thoughts, the inputs, right, from the very beginning, then whatever you're receiving, whatever those inputs are, whether it comes from your phone, I mean, I'm so guilty of that too, because I always like check the time or like turn the alarm off. And then, but then my phone is in my hand and I'm like, okay, well, I'll pick it up and take it to the bathroom with me or whatever. Like 
I just, you have to, you have to stop. I'm like, put it down. You don't need it. Like my eyeballs just opened. This is not, yep. I'm not ready for no, it. You, you want to get some natural sunlight to help you set your circadian rhythm. We need to get back to that simple, you know, we were talking earlier about just eating liver, right? More ancestral type things, ancestral type living. I think there's a lot we've lost in this process of being more productive, right? And so people are always, like I said, the number one excuse people have for not working out and not meditating is they don't have time. My first time responding, every time I respond, I was like, show me your social media app, how much time you've spent on them today. Guarantee you've got 20 minutes right there. Almost everyone listening to this has spent 20 minutes on their phone today looking at something. Cut that out. You got time. So it's like no longer an excuse. Yeah. Yeah, we're all guilty. <laughs> so I'm raising my hand. Yeah. It, no, it's, 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 it is, I truly believe that, you know, we look back at our grandparents and like in the 70s, they were smoking on airplanes. You're like, what were you thinking? I got no question that a couple generations from now, they're going to look at us and be like, what were y'all thinking with social media, what you were doing in your brains? No question. I think that you're on to something there too. I mean, I think that the power of distraction is the biggest enemy for people not finding what it is that they were mm -hmm. created for. Well said. I think that missing your purpose is not because there is a lack of something in your life. It is because you were chronically distracted by the noise going on around you. And well said. Well said. yeah, I think that this component, this mindset practice like we have to get back to grassroots of this because if we cannot visualize and we cannot prioritize in our minds, like from the get-go every day, what we're after, yep. then the days start to disappear. They vaporize. And before you know it, you've gone 10 years and you think, I don't really know if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yep. And so two things on that, I will, we'll, we'll dive into one, the visualization, how that came about. And then the other part is that presence of being still right? Of quieting the mind and being present in that moment, right? For example, like your husband, your spouse comes home from work. How was your day, honey? How was your day? Good, good. But if you learn to be present, you can see their body language. You can really dive in and it can transform your marriage and any of your relationships, your work relationships. You start to really understand where this person is, regardless of whatever, however they say they are, which is something that's super powerful. Going into the visualization where that came about. So I was playing football at the University of Florida we were playing South Carolina at the time and Lou Holtz was the coach then. And you always study film during the week, et cetera. And you know, you're, you're 19, 20 years old. You go to the hotel room on a Friday night and you know, you're kind of playing the game in your head. You're also texting your girlfriend and yada, yada, yada. Right. But I kept seeing this one play that they liked in short yarded situation for whatever reason it stuck in my mind the night before the game. Well, sure enough, we're playing, it's fourth quarter, the game's on the line, it's fourth down. If they get the first down, maybe they win. If we stop them, we definitely win. There's 93,000 people screaming in the fans. I mean, it's so loud that you literally can be as close as this mic is to me right now, and you can't hear a word, right? The ground is shaking, and everything went still. I mean, like completely still. I could see the blades of grass, right? I could see the like the red and the tied in and fullback's hands as they pressed into the ground. I could see the pupil and the eyes. They lined up in that formation that I've been looking at. And so before the ball was snapped, I jumped the gap, hit the ball carrier in the backfield. We win the game. Crowd goes wild. My linebacker coach next day in meetings was like, I had no idea why you did that or how you did that, but I totally took credit for it. <laughs> so, and I was like, I saw it happen before it happened. 
And so that's where that part of the visualization came in. Was it planted that seed as a 19, 20 year old kid? Holy crap, the mind is a very powerful thing. And we can actually program today of how we want it to look like. Does it mean it's always working that way? No, but we can set ourselves up for success each day. And again, going back to owning your morning, owning your day. Oh, that's such a great picture. And I, it's like, I can almost like smell the turf. Like it's just, yep. it was, that's so vivid, but you know, it's experiences like that that really do shape you because you'll never forget that. And that moment will forever stand out and it will yep. create change, like a different lens in which you perceive, you know, your life and how you make choices moving forward. And I think that's, what's important for us is not to become desensitized to those things because those are the tangibles in life that are going to make you question. They're going to make you think differently. Otherwise, you're always only ever going to think under this lid and capacity of what you've already experienced. And it, mm-hmm. you won't have those aha and those breakthrough moments. So I think it's so important to really, yeah, to, to be still enough to just allow some creative space, allow yep. space for growth. Otherwise, the, the noise and the busyness will saturate every part of your mind and your physiology, right? Because we carry, yep. we know that traumas, we know that stress manifest in different tissues and systems of the body can create systemic breakdown. I mean, we've, it, it's unbelievable how many people probably stay sick because they only ever can identify with a sick body. Yep. It's like they, their mind can't even get healthy enough to believe they can be healthier than they are. So it's it trickles downstream and it's so massive, like this component can be, I mean, we're talking about five minutes, like you said, but how, how incredibly impactful that can be in your life. If it's done consistently, I I heard, um, an interview, we were talking about, you know, cell phones being present, you know, with your family and spouse. And, and it made me think, um, an interview I heard with Ed Milet, and he was talking about how you know, he's doing all these things. And, uh, he started leaving his phone in the car for 20 minutes. He's like, I just realized that like, you know, my phone's just always on me and I bring it in and, you know, kids would be talking to me or whatever, but my phone would still be pinging. And I kind of just be looking over at it, but also kind of simultaneously having Mm -hmm. conversations with them. And he's like, I realized like, if I just left it in the car for 20 minutes, you know, then when I showed up in the house for the people that mean the most to me, my kids and my wife, that, if I could just have 20 isolated minutes where I was dedicating that conversation just to them, yep. it was like, it didn't matter if I had to get on, you know, a late later call, or I needed to respond to emails later on in the evening because they had me one-on-one and they were able to unpack their day. They were able to talk about, you know, any experience they had, and they felt like they were seen and heard because I wasn't distracted. So I think that, that yeah, that's amazing. He's present. He was present for his kids. And what a great gift to give your kids. What a great gift to give your partner. And that's, I think that's something that's it's easily said, but I don't think, honestly, many people experience it. I mean, just sitting there with your partner, right? In bed for a moment and being just looking at their eyes and being present. You don't even have to say anything. Just that feeling of presence with your partner. That's, that's the good stuff in life. It is. And you're exactly right. I mean, I think we all miss that to a degree, myself included. And we all have the same hours in a day, you know, mm-hmm. so to, you know, always fall back on like, well, I'm so busy. I mean, that's like always the, the innate response, you know, how are you? Oh, I'm just so busy. I say it. I mean, I, I, yep. I know it. I am. 
we're all guilty, right? And look, there's not an entrepreneur out there. I was talking to someone the other day. There is always something to do, always, mm-hmm. right? But you have to guard that space if you're playing the long game. If you want to play the short game, sure. You can go seven days a week, probably a couple of years for sure. Eventually, your body will start to let you know that things that are out of balance, like you were talking about. And that's something this society is, today's society has to do a better job of. Uh, you know, I was thinking the other day, it was, you know, typically like you would on a sat, I've lived in an apartment for, you know, the 12 years I was in California. Now I'm in Nashville and I have a house. And I was thinking like on Saturdays, we used to always do yard work. And then Sunday was typically a day of rest. Well, I've worked on a Saturday for probably the last 12 years. Like I haven't, I don't mind. I really don't mind it, but I was like, and it needed to be happened for a long time. But now I'm like, I think I'm going to start taking Saturdays to do some yard work stuff. Like the stuff that I just never as a kid thought much about, but just being out doing mindless activities around the house. I think there's something that we have to, it sounds so simple, maybe kind of quirky, but I think those are things that we have to be aware of in today's society because we can always be on. Like I can open, I'll open this phone after this podcast and there'll be 50 emails, which I'm sure you'll have as well, that need to be responded, a bunch of DMs, text messages. We, ha- we have to create that space to protect our mental health. And it's, it's so funny now, like we've had some hospitals reach out to us about, you know, providing these workouts to like their nurses and hospital staff, which I'm so excited about. And it's just like, yeah, like we've realized that like this whole mental health thing's important. And I was like, we've been talking about it for 12 years. But, you know, like it's finally now with COVID, I think people are starting to realize and and question what really is health? What is happiness? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're exactly right. And there's, we've had a major loss of transitions in our day. Mm -hmm. I've realized, you know, after, Mm. you know, we've, a lot of things shifted where people are working from home, people are working from their phones. I mean, it's nonstop and we've lost these these transition points. And I think that they are massively valuable, even if it's just a car ride to go, you know, pick one child up and take them, you know, to sports or, you know, to drive to the office or to drive to a meeting. Like you don't have those breaks. So it's like, we get done with this podcast. And like you said, you've got emails, I've got other stuff. I have other calls, whatever. And it's like, you just pivot. It's just this constant transitioning of, okay, who needs me now? How do I need to show up next in yep. the next, you know, assignment that's on my, on my life and on my day. And we lose these moments. And then I think that the default now becomes, okay, well, I'll just check social media or whatever, because it's like this quick hit of dopamine. It's yep. like the immediate, like I get to, I get to be transported into somebody else's life for a second and see yep. the smoothie they're drinking and the beach that they're sitting on or whatever. And then it's like, we're back into it, but we're neglecting what we truly need to be able to reconnect with, okay, where's my baseline? Like, am I good? What do I need in this moment? Is my breath shallow? Am I tense? Are my shoulders up to my ears? Because, you know, I'm just in meetings and I'm stressed and I've got all these messages, you know, for your, for this meditation practice, you know, we talk about the importance of it being in the morning. And I think that that sets the landscape for your day, even if, you know, everything wheels are falling off and it's like the kids are throwing up and Mm -hmm. raining outside and the dog pooped in the house. And I mean, it's like all the things, right? (laughs) Like it happens, the potential for disaster, it's, it's definitely there. But do you think that there's value in creating more transition points or like bookending different parts of your day so that you can have those mental letdowns and those breaks. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I would say that that's probably an area that I've got to improve in my life 
I've gone, I've, I've, I've been kind of up and down with those when I'm at my best, um, tonight I'm going to do it. Right. So <laughs> when I'm at my best, the phone goes away. And one of what made this easier was for years, I, ne- I didn't have tell a television. I didn't have TV. And so I would just listen to a podcast for, while I was eating dinner and it was easy. I would just go down and stretch and kind of meditate a little bit and reflect on the day. Now that I've, I just moved to Nashville, I was so I was happy that yet so frustrated when I moved in. They gave me a TV, like there's a big TV sitting in my living room, and I'm like, and sure enough, now that I'm watching, I'm watching 45 minutes of a Netflix show before bed, you know. And so it's just having that there. That's something I have to improve. But I think it's Wayne Dyer years ago before he passed um, was talking, and I don't know the science behind this, but he was talking about programming the subconscious before bed for positivity the next day. Again, I can't explain the science by it, but I can tell you that sitting back your circadian rhythm, watching the sunset, right? Like for those of you that have ever been camping or out, you know, out in the nature for long periods of time, you're ready to go to bed at eight o'clock. It's like, like you've sitting out by a fire, you started the fire around 630 and it's going down by 830, you're knocked out, ready to go. And I think that if we can figure out a way in today's busy world to reset that a bit, it'll be very beneficial. But then from there, it sounds nice, but then you have to backtrack. Well, that means I need to eat dinner at say six o'clock. Well, for me to eat dinner at six o'clock, that means I have to stop work at say four o'clock to go take the dog for an evening walk and prep dinner. So it's like, it sounds nice and we should do it, but we really have to think about what are we willing to say no to before we say yes to a new habit. And I think that's the new thing that this is the thing that I have to work on as well is like, what am I willing to say no to in my evening routine to say yes to a better evening routine? I think the same thing goes for your morning routine as well. Yeah. I mean, it, the defining your no's are going to clarify and magnify the yeses in your life. Yep. You know, it's, it's oftentimes less about, okay, what else do I need to add into my life? Because most people don't have margin as it is, you know, and, right. and, and it's more about saying, what are, what am I prioritizing? Yeah. What What are your thoughts on this too? Because I, I, I'm not totally sold on. I am a big believer in turning down the screen time, kind of stretching, winding down before bed. But I also think that 30 minutes of mindless TV with your partner or so is like kind of less things settle too, right? Like I don't know how bad that is. And now I think that when the 30 minutes becomes two hours on a Tuesday. And you're and you can't get up the next morning to go work out. I think that now you've got like a legit problem. But I'm not sure. Thirty minutes or so of sitting down, like um, you know, listening to Josh Axe on a YouTube or something like that. I don't think that's that that bad of a thing. But I think it's just when it affects us the next morning, we got to start really thinking about that. I don't disagree with that. To be honest, I I think that. Yeah. Not that, not that Dr. Josh Hacks is mindless TV, but it's, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that's, 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 a, that's going to be a, a deeper, you know, my initial thought was like the office and like old Seinfeld reruns. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. But, um, even better, even better. Yeah. You know, I think that again, like this is where, you know, you, you get the ability to craft your own life. Like yep. I think that a lot of times as we move and shift through different seasons of our adult life, you know, we, we almost like look in the rearview mirror and think, wow, I have all this responsibility and obligation, but I'm not really sure when I said yes. And, and I agreed to this assignment now with kids, like, okay, that's <laughs> that, you know, 
we can't really lump them into that. But in this scenario, yeah, that was just a shot or two of tequila. But <laughs> yeah, that's sorry. That is a long term <laughs> <laughs> investment that you got there. As I'm about to have a baby too, so I have like Amazing. mild anxiety. This is my last, so we're we're putting that on the record. <laughs> I keep saying that, but it's is absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, three and done for me. But um, three's a great number. That's my goal to hit. Yeah. yeah okay. Three. Well, you know, I'll let you know. Let, let me <laughs> I know. know. It sounds like three kids. Sounds like a good number. Yeah, three girls at that. So you know, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. You need a lot of meditation in your life, then three girls. Yeah. 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 I know. I need to. I need to start practicing that so I can <laughs> teach them how to do it. That's. That- that's been one of the most amazing things to see. Like as much as I want to get off social media, like completely, I'll see photos of, um, and I never intended for these workouts to be done with kids around. I'll see dads with their daughter, like jumping around doing jumping jacks and then doing the mind right meditation on social media. How cool is that? A dad gets up and is teaching his kid before they go to school to move their body and connect to their spiritual practice. That's a rock star dad right there. Yeah. Like that's pretty, imp- but there was a kid here in Nashville. How about the couple was this? He was getting up every morning at five something in the morning at 10 years old and doing our workout program. That's How unbelievable. Cr- Kids going to be president one day. Like yeah. un- unbelievable. But it's like seeing, seeing, like starting to teach your kids that, and you know, they're not going to be perfect at it. They're going to be moving around, but just they model what you do, right? They're going to remember what you do, like not what you say. Yep. That, that encapsulates it right there. They, they are going, everything that they see, I mean, the stuff that you say, words carry weight, but I I know for a fact, I mean, that even their body language, their mannerisms, how, they, how they're processing disappointment or frustration, mm-hmm. you watch your kids, it it is scary because you get a mirror reflection oh, wow. of, you know, a lot of behaviors that, that the parents and the adults carry. And, you know, I think God, that just, that's like, God's like, Hey, if you can't see it, here's a very visual representation <laughs> of what you look like right now. That's great. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, oh man, the, the, the example that you said, it goes beyond just what you're experiencing and what you can, the potential that you can experience. Mm-hmm. I think that you're showing that to people around you, whether it's your kids, the people in yep. your community, the people in your workplace. Like, I mean, it, it, the impact can be so incredible. And I, I think that that gets undervalued at times. So let me, I want to ask you about your, your 20 minute. I actually got on one of your lives yesterday and I was like, man, there's people from Egypt on here. <laughs> there are like people all over the world. Um, so you do these 20 minute workout programs and I love one that they're 20 minutes because to yeah. me, I'm like, okay, every, we can do 20 minutes. That's, that's Everyone, everyone's got 20 minutes. There's something psychological about that. Everyone knows they have 20 minutes. Yeah. And you've, you know, you've worked with thousands of people virtually taking them through these practices and these workouts, but you've also worked with a lot of people one-on-one. You've worked mm-hmm. with a lot of high profile people and celebrities and athletes and things like that. Is there any one that stands out to you that you're like, wow, this was like, we had a moment and a breakthrough and like, it transformed me as much as it transformed them. Do you have any, any like cool stories? I would love to know, like, you know, I could probably, that's a great question that I could reflect back on. So one in person came to mind was a young, beautiful girl who was modeling full-time in LA 
and was a talented human being. He had a full ride basketball scholarship to USC. Just beautiful girl. Was making so much money modeling. She uh, she was just did the modeling, turned on the scholarship. Well, I didn't. I got contacted by a mutual friend who was a doctor, um, and she got toxic shock syndrome, which is where she left the tampon in too long and got gangrene and had to amputate from her knee down and one of her legs. And now both actually are amputated from the knee down. And so I got to work with her and kind of help her in the process. That was a special time. It was probably the most challenging as a trainer. I mean, this poor girl's like going through so much physical pain, like her, the body didn't understand that it wasn't supposed to continue not to build, like grow the bones. So these nubs kept coming and she should keep having to give them these bones shaped off. But going through, again, circling back full circle, kind of the why behind the working out, the biggest question this girl had wasn't necessarily about her legs. It was, will a guy ever love me? Right? And so that was the pivotal moment to me. It was just like the work we're doing is much beyond the fitness side. We work out to lose the 15 pounds, right? But ultimately, if you peel back those layers, you keep peeling asking why and why it's probably because you want to be loved by someone, you know? And so that was a moment to me that was just like, hey, I don't know where we can go with this or how far we can go, but I'm here with you. I love you. And I'm here to support you. That was a, that was a special moment. Um, some of the stuff online, which I'm sure you guys have come across, it's like <sighs> this online thing has been so amazing. It's allowed me to travel and reach so many more people and connect with people around the world. But it's hard to know the impact you're making with a digital thing because it's not there in front of you. One of the things that sticks out to me was there was a, I got an email from a son and his mother in Australia years ago. And they were doing our workouts in the hospital while their father was terminally ill and passing of cancer. And so it was like an hour commute to the hospital every day. And so they're practically like not sleeping, staying at the hospital, trying to drive back. And so here's this mother and her son doing our Team Act 20 workouts and meditation. And it allowed them to have a few moments together in peace and cry and mourn and take care of themselves in the hospital. And for to me, that was one of those special moments. It's like, all right, what we're doing here Yes, I want to make a ton of money. I make no bones about that. I want to make a ton of money and help a lot of people and provide for my, my family in ways I never had. But we really have a chance to help change the world just by helping people move their bodies and connect to their spiritual practice every day. And then it's up to them to go do their part and to share their gifts with the world. So yeah, those are kind of the moments that hit home. I love those stories. Stories to me are, they're just the best way to humanize a mm. lot of conceptual things. It's like, that's the part that we all connect with, you know, because some stuff it's like, okay, well I buy into this. I don't buy into that. I feel skeptical about this, but it's the real heart stories. It's really feeling empathy for somebody else, for something that they're walking through or, or even identifying like a shared pain because at the end of the day, we're all human and we all experience the same levels or same types of grief, right? Mm -hmm. Loss and and fear, like all of these different things, but they all happen at different points in time. And like you said, you know, through the power of technology, we're very connected, but it's very surface level and there's not a lot of depth there. And I think that 
connecting with people like you and so many others in our community and, and other guests we've had on the podcast, like we want to be able to bring what those people have experienced, what they've, what they've been able to witness and see and, and like just illuminate that. So it's, it, it becomes like something that's real, you know, mm-hmm. that actually has substance to it. Yeah. There's just so much crap out there. And I, you know, I'm like, I want the deep stuff. I want the heart change stuff. Like, where are those people? Like, where are the people that are so committed to what they feel convicted about, what they feel like God's placed on them? Like what, what, what that assignment is like that they get up every day and that's like, that's the hill they'll die on. Like that's, that's the banner that they carry. And for me, I'm like, those are the people that sharpen me. Those are the people that take it to another level. So I appreciate you being vulnerable and, and sharing some of those stories, because I know that that has really amplified your mission. And it's, it's created a conviction in you. That's like beyond just, Hey, I want to build a successful brand and business. Like we all do, you know, we all want to be able to, to see success. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, but at the same time, it's like, there's a different level of fulfillment when you know, like I've hit my stride. I'm right. Yep. Everything that has shaped me to this point and everything that, you know, God has instilled in me and equipped me for, like I'm running in the lane I was intended for. So I just, you're running that race. And I just, I love, you know, having you here to share what it is that you've even experienced, because I know that it's touching people and it's even maybe just giving them you know, a different perspective to look at, you know, where they're at, you know, because you're living and breathing, like you still have a shot, you know, there is never too late. If you're, you know, hearing our voices right now, you can change anything you want. It's your life. So now I'm super curious about this for you. You're going into this next, next chapter with your third kid. What does that meaning and purpose look like for you in this next chapter? Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Question flipping the script here. You know, I, it's it is I I'll I'll say this. It has been you know, I I share some stuff personally from my Instagram and things like that and but in 6 months time, really, probably since January, every major life piece for me has moved in a pretty dramatic way. And in in every, you know, bucket and so even the pregnancy itself was not planned. So it was, it was very much a surprise because my youngest is eight years old. And I thought that's like, sure like I said, two shots of tequila. There you go. You know what it was, <laughs> <laughs> it could have been tequila, you know, been, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's, yeah, Please continue. Here we are. It's the, yeah. I, I'll, I'm all about the natural fertility awareness method, but <laughs> if you're looking for details about how to execute that, well, I'm not the person to ask. <laughs> so, so this next phase, this next phase, let me bring you back now. Let me be the yeah. host here. This next phase, stepping into your, what you feel in a line to do, is that creating more space to be present more time yeah. to let your body heal is that, is there something on the horizon you're looking forward to? Yeah, I, I think all of it, honestly, it's, you know, when, when this, the things start shifting around you and you have yeah. a nature that wants to try and control and create order in your life, yeah. because that's what you substantiate as being, as, as really what your self-worth is. That's mm-hmm. truly, you know, in, in complete transparency, I operate from that space of, yeah. 
I am deficient. So I need to show up and prove to myself and to others every day that I actually do have value. And that's a mindset I battle. I mean, it's, it's like, and, but that being said, I think that it just, it, it really reinforces the importance of this mindset practice of really redirecting those thoughts. Like that is not who you are. That is not who God sees you as. So those are not things that I need to claim over my life because the more I allow that to just be my, the framework that I think from, you know, the the more limited my potential becomes and the more frustrated I feel, you know, I feel frustrated with, you know, all different aspects of life because I feel like I'm working really hard, but I'm not making any progress. Yeah. So that's a great question. And, and I, I, I agree. I mean, you know, you throw a baby into the mix and the sleep deprivation and just a lot. I mean, it's, it's well, a lot. I, I uh, mean, what you, what you just had the awareness, right? I don't think many of us have, have taken this pump, those moments of stillness to have that awareness. And we're just repeating the same behavioral patterns over and over. But having that awareness is awesome. So kudos to you for that. One of the things that's, you know, it's fun to me kind of the behind these challenges we do often is after we've kind of indoctrinated them through the workouts and the nutrition part, we, we stop them for a moment and say, hey, we know you came here to lose 15 pounds. Just a simple reminder that you're a child of God and that you were loved and that God doesn't love you anymore if you lose 15 pounds, 30 pounds, or you gain 30 pounds. And just having that reminder that we are blessed because we're simply God's children and that you have divine value inside you. And I think that that's just that, again, that daily reminder. We need that. We have enough negativity in the world, but coming to your mat every day and connecting to that spiritual practice, it's just that daily reminder that if you're listening to this right now, you're going through a hard time. We've all been there. Heart's out for you, but start a daily practice. Five minutes, 10 minutes on your morning and start having that moment to connect to God each day, whatever your spiritual walk looks like. And uh, touch back base with us. Let us know how it goes. I love that. I I love... I love the the challenge and the compassion. You know, it's it's not that you, you don't want to acknowledge, you know, where somebody's at. I think it's that's that's part of the power of of this experience is being able to really get honest with yourself and just say, what what is it that I need? What is it that I'm really feeling? And why why am I in this place? Mm-hmm. You know, and allow yourself to just really process that, but then say that's not that is not mine. I'm not claiming that for myself. This is the potential that's before me. This is where I see myself and who I know I'm already, I, you know, regardless of anything else I do from this point on, this is who I am just because I'm, I'm already loved, you know? And so that's, that's amazing. So you do these challenges and I real real quick, how freeing is that now that when you go work out, you can work out now to have fun. You can work out to just celebrate life as opposed to punishing yourself, right? Think of how freeing that is. Yeah. I mean, that stands, yeah, for your fitness. I mean, yeah, you don't have to go in and just beat your body to a pulp to feel good about it. (laughs) It could be be a walk today with dogs. It could be your workout. Yeah. If you're in South Carolina right now, you ain't walking (laughs) this time of day, I'll tell you. Hey, it's Nashville right now. (laughs) It is nice and almost 100 degrees, so yeah. Yeah, we're, we're in a little bit of a heat stroke. I think our na- my neighbors thought I was nuts yesterday. He came ran, running out. He's like, why are you walking at three o'clock? I was like, I know. I just needed to needed to move my body. And he was like, please don't have that baby on the sidewalk. <laughs> I was like, okay. So yeah. Like, it was she's like crazy. A- she's lost her mind. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
I am the crazy neighbor. So you'll see me yeah. out there doing all kinds of, you know, nutty stuff, but that's it's all part of my, my practice. <laughs> oh man. Well, okay. This is, this has been such a fun conversation. I, I mean, I feel inspired. I feel encouraged. I know that our listeners are going to love just being able to hopefully feel like they're a part of this conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, I love creating just a space where it's, you just feel like, wow, I'm not alone. (laughs) Sometimes there's, uh, there's, there's a lot to be said of just thinking like, I am not the only person. Like there are people out there that are, that I think, you know, are running businesses and doing all these things so well, but yet like they're still struggling with the same things I am. And totally that's, you're absolutely right. If you're listening and that's what you're thinking, like you're in good company. So (laughs) So if, as far as your, your challenges, your workouts, you know, you're, you have a great presence online. You're always serving your community and your audience. You know, how can people get connected with your work, these understanding these meditation practices, the four parts. So like, mm-hmm. cause I need to start doing this too, but I want to make sure that I like plaster it on my refrigerator. So I don't <laughs> forget and I can work through it, but how do people get started? What can they do kind of in terms of accountability, maybe just to connect with you so that they can maybe walk through it with somebody? Yep. So the easiest way is just to go to tmacfitness.com, TMAC Fitness. And then there you'll find, you can get 10 free days of our home workouts that, that all end in the meditation and prayer. And then if you just want the meditation itself on the website, um, you can enter your email there and we'll send you the meditation. And I say, like, take it, like if you have a great fitness routine right now and you're listening to this, awesome. Keep doing that. Just try this meditation at the end. If you just go to the website there, it has all that information. And also, if when you enter your email for the workouts, we give a texting number. That's the easiest way to ask me questions is through the text platform that we have that you'll like once you, it's on my thank you page of once you enter your email for the workouts. That's the easiest way. And then you can also reach out on Instagram, shoot me a DM. It's just I try to answer all those, but sometimes those get lost and get kind of funneled down if I haven't checked them recently. Um but yeah, that's how. And just, uh, I appreciate everyone taking the time to listen to this today. Kudos to you for doing, taking a moment to improve your life. Yeah, I, I know. I, I love our, our community that we're building and, and just being able to connect. So if this podcast has spoken to you, you know, leave us a review. We, we read them. I read them personally. Um, our team does. We love it. We want to know you know, how this is impacting your life and how it's serving you, how we can make it better. You know, I'm getting better at my intros. <laughs> Your intro is amazing. This was a 10 out of 10. There's nowhere else to go. Yes. You know, I only have this podcast host experience for about six months. So I'm, I'm, you know, you're a natural, you got it down. So that's good. I feel, I feel really, really strong about that now. Thank you. (laughs) But if this podcast has really spoken to you, we just, we love to know that you're a part of our community. So engage with us on social media at the health Institute, um, or you can connect with, Todd on his Instagram because he's always pushing incredible content out. So uh, make sure you're following him. Is it TMAC Fitness? TMAC Fitness, TMAC. Yep, that's fitness, right. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to make sure I. Um, when you, when, you, when you play football, that's the name you get stuck with, TMAC. So. I mean, that's a cool name, though. So it's, it's a, yeah, yeah. It, it stuck. I, I had to put I had to put something on the legal Zoom contract. So <laughs> that one works. You could get the work. trademark on that or or whatever. So. Well, good. Well, thank you so much, Todd, for being with us today. Thank you guys for listening. Again, this podcast serves to help you improve your life, your health and wellness in so many different angles and ways. And we always believe that coming back to the foundations, the 
this mind, body, and spirit and the connection to what God's really given us on the earth and, and using food as medicine and, and really just the aspect of community. We hope you know that you are valued. You are seen as a part of this community. And we just appreciate you giving your time to us and sharing with us your experiences and, and what your needs are. because so we can use that to better serve you in the future. So thank you, Todd, so much. This has been such a great conversation. I had a lot of fun. Thank you.